Okay, so we have been in Joshua for a while now. What can you tell me about Joshua and the book of Joshua? Whoa. What's the theme? Faith. I know you guys don't know nothing. You know something about it. Well, I don't know necessarily what the theme would be, but I can tell you some things that went on. Is it like... God is in control and he has a plan. Okay, that's like, part of it. Like, kinda. Uh, I'm just trying to think of that. I know, wasn't the theme verse like, be strong and be of good courage? Mm. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't think of the verse, but I knew it had to do listening and following God's plan. Right, and that relates to that. Right? That's how you're able to be strong and have good courage because you have what in God? Faith. Faith, okay. Which is? Belief in God's promises. Yes, belief in God's promises. Um, so, how have they acted out that instruction? Because, right, this, is, this wasn't just at the beginning of the, of the book. It didn't say, this is the theme verse for the, mm-hmm. right? Because there weren't even verses when they wrote it. Well. What was this? How did this verse end up get, getting to be oh, in the book it, of Joshua? Was it God telling Joshua and um, Caleb? Was that his Joshua name? Joshua to tell all the Israelites yeah. what to do, right? He said, when you go in the land, be strong and be of a good courage, because I'm going to what? He's going to give, that, give them the land, but then really take it. Right. Okay, good. And that's an important part. Why is... Because... So, they got into the land, and they, you know, they were there, and they had to like, fight their neighbors, and then the one tribe that were actually their neighbors... Pretended like they came from far away. Yes. They didn't, and they formed an ally with them, but then they had to kill everybody else, and they ended up fighting everybody else because the other neighbor tribe got in trouble, and God used that in his plan to kill everybody. Okay, right. I like all that. So, but you said... God, wow, these markers are just not good tonight. Okay, you said God's plan, but, but what? But the Israelites ignored it and they... No, 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 you said something else. I don't remember. No, she said, but they have to take it. Oh, oh, but they have to... So if we're thinking about... Every time you are, well, hopefully you are, part of God's plan, what do you have to do? Follow God's instructions to get to the plan. Is it just a... Is it a minecart? Roller coaster ride? No, you have to work you have to push the roller coaster. It's like one of those, like one of those carts. <laughs> and then God will let you ride down. Oh, like one of these. Where... Yes, and you have to work for and it. And you've got to like push yourself up the hill, and then the reward is riding down. But then you know it's a lot of more hills, and but, but the... yeah, it's one of those carts. It's not right. An automatic roller coaster. So, but right. And the more hills God makes you go up, the stronger you get. Oh, we're so smart. You have to take action, right? Yes. You can't just idly sit by and be like, well, I really hope God figures out stuff for my life. I hope he just drops the perfect spouse in my lap and just somebody walks up to my door and hands me a job that I can 
do it for the rest of my life with the best benefits ever. Please. Right? It's not like that. You have to go out there and do stuff. Relying on God's plan and his promises. And that's why be strong and have a good courage when you go out and do it. That it's because it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. There's hills that are hard. Remember Pilgrim's Progress? Oh, man. Anybody know where I'm going? Uh, yeah, what was the name of that hill? No, no, that was a bad hill. Don't go to that one. <laughs> but there was one that God's path went over it. Nope, not that one. Nope. At the top of it, there was rest, right? Remember? There was rest at a palace. Yeah, what was the name of that hill? Anybody remember? And he slept on the way when he wasn't supposed to sleep. Yeah, it was the hill difficulty. Oh! The amount of times that we... The hill difficulty, right? Because things are going to be difficult. But at the top, there was rest, right? When you got there. So God does that for you. And we talked about that last week. No, two weeks ago. Do you remember that? I don't think you were. But we talked about they had finished not the battle with the hail and the sun and the moon standing still, but they had another battle where there were as many people as the sand on the beach, right? And they also had and chariots, right? And they had to hamstring the horses and burn the chariots afterwards. And then after all that, they went back to their camp and what'd they do? Rested. Right, they rested. They got to the palace and they rested. God gave them rest after all the hard work they did. Okay. Last week, what did you talk about with Levi? I think you talked about a certain somebody. Yes, you talked about the giants. It's about the king, right? Or not, not the king. The king had a bad name. Yes, King Og. They, uh, Caleb, at the end, Caleb took land that they couldn't get before. Right? right. Why couldn't they get it? Giants, right? Because yeah. Gideon said they couldn't take the giants. So Caleb, when they were divvying up the land, he said, hey, you know that land that's up there with the giants in it that we haven't conquered yet? He said, can I have that? How old was he? He was like, Yeah, 80 something. And he said, I'm going to go fight those giants that we haven't beat yet. And he did. And he took it, right? He defeated them, tore down, or kept their cities. And it's, I don't know exactly what you guys talked about, but it's an amazing story arc for Caleb, right? Because where did we first see Caleb come on the scene? Before we even started our series. But we talked about it. You mentioned him tonight. Oh, he was like 
Isn't it kind of like second in command to Joshua or something? And he was like... Not second in command. He, he was... He was what? The apprentice. Not oh, Joshua was, but what about Caleb? The first time we hear about him in the Bible, 40 years before... Yes. Yes. And what was their report? Right. So, though there are tw ten, because they had one for each tribe, and I think Caleb might have been Benjamin, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Because Joshua, I think it's Judah. The tribe Wait, of Judah. What? That's okay. Um, so, it's just, you see that Caleb has had faith throughout his life and that he's rewarded with it, that God still gives him the strength and is with him to defeat giants even when he's 80 years old. I don't know too many 80-year-olds that, I don't know, even change the oil on their car anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you laugh, but your grandpa wanted to climb and sit on top of the steeple when he was like, I don't know, 65 or 70, and have my dad pull the boom lift away from the top with him sitting on the steeple for a picture. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, my dad did not. He let him sit on it with his, I think with his... um harness still on it and the boom there. He wanted to take his harness off? Yes, yes. He was going to sit on the steeple with no harness. He is 91 and he can like wrestle my mom to the ground almost still. He's a fighter. But impressive, right? A guy 80 years old going and fighting giants. Of course, he wasn't by himself, you know, he had his little tribe, but still, it's very impressive. Okay, <clears throat> um, so now we're going to pick up, um, I think where you left off was they were about to start dividing up the land of Canaan. So we have Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea. The Red Sea, there's Egypt over here. Why is it called the Dead Sea? Salt. Yes. What happens if you swim in it? You float. Yeah. Pretty cool. You float in everyone. Oh, the fish. No, 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 like you can't sink. Like you can't sink. You can't go under. Yeah, you can't. You have to have weights to like sink down. It looks, honestly, I've seen pictures, it looks gross, but I would go, I would swim in it just, I swim if I was there. That I have. If, you, if you swallow water, you're going to die of dehydration. Yeah, it's a lot of salt. It's also, I think, the lowest body of water on Earth, like below sea level. So sharks in there? No, I don't think really anything lives in it. I don't think even like algae or anything lives in it. But it's cloudy because of so much salt. Wow. What's so, next to it is Jerusalem. Yes. Um, this is Gilead. The area where they are camped out. Up here is Shiloh. Ever hear of that? Not the dog. Not the dog. Um, I think... Shiloh means, it has to do with peace. Shalom. Um, where else? What else have we, oh, Jericho is down here. All right, and they, they have, um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. So they're going to start dividing this up, like saying, uh, this tribe is going to get here, this is going to get over here, and they have, um, They've already started to do that, but I want to look at Joshua chapter 15. 
as you heard, Caleb has already picked out some areas for himself as they begin dividing stuff up. And go to 15, verse 21 through 62, and just scan through that just to get an idea. Does anyone volunteer to read the whole thing? 21 through what? 62. Anyone want to read all that? It's a lot of names, right? It is. I don't... A lot of weird names. It's like all names, right? So we're not going to read it, <laughs> if that makes you feel any better. I won't make you read it all. Yeah, you could pick out names that you probably recognize in there. But these are all names of towns and cities and plains and mountains and hills and rivers and things like that mostly cities and villages though and this is how they are dividing up the land so if you we were to divide up east shelby and i guess barry into your regions it would be like um audrey and gideon you guys are going to get from where johnny cake lane meets 31 and where 31 meets, I don't know, what's another one down there? Town Line Road. And from Town Line Road to where it hits Hemlock Ridge Road. And from Actually, where... That's also my territory. Right. And then they'd be like, and for Abby, for your territory, it would be from Hemlock Ridge and uh, Eagle Harbor to Eagle Harbor and Maple. And Maple to, 31, to uh, 98. And from 98 over to Gillette Road. And... And there would be all these things to tell you where the border, of course, they didn't have roads, so they used cities and landmarks and things like that. So that's why they're going through and listing this out. So very long, very detailed, and specific. Why even put that in there? It's not a trick question. Yeah, to write it down because. I mean, people cheat. Like, yes. Humans are known to, like. Right, so much so that God put that in his laws, you know, that you get, I think, I can't remember what it is, but it might, you might even get stoned if you move, like, a marking stone for the corner of your property. Like, if you kind of inch it over and, like, keep slowly every year moving a marking stone to get more property. That's how, that's how much God understood what people are like, right? Um, so that a very just simple reason, it's there, so they have a record of it. And um, it's also, though, it's useful to us, because we were talking about this today. I actually had it written down. That it lets you know these are real places, these things actually happened. Today, it helps us say, hey, this proves the, and this is a real word, historicity of the Bible that has value as a historical document in that sense. So um, now, if you actually do read it, though, you find interesting notes along the way mixed in with all the dry information in there. Because it is a lot of work to try to look at it, then to go to a map and see where the place is because you're searching all over the map because you have no idea where these places, it's, it's a lot of work, but there's other little stories mixed in. And the first one of those we have is at verse 62 through 63, if you guys want to read that. Sure. And Nibshan and the city of Salt and Engedi, six cities with their villages. As for the Jebusites and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out, but the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem unto this day. Okay. Why did, would that stand out to you? Unto this day. So it's like, yeah. Okay, so remember, that's when, they wrote, when Joshua wrote this. 
like whenever they finished the book, maybe somebody added it a little later, but it's not like they put that in in Jesus' time or something like that, you know, it, or it's not like it means right now. Okay, but it does let you know, yeah, make note that this is still going on kind of thing. Okay, why else does it stand out to you? Especially thinking about our theme. Right, so the Jebusites, all these names that you see in the book of Joshua that aren't Israel, they're all Canaanites, a type of Canaanite. All right, so the Jebusites are just a smaller tribe within Canaan. What were they supposed to do? Right, kill them, drive them out of their city and kill them. Now, what do you know about the structure of Jerusalem? What do you know about Jerusalem? Yes, relating to the structure and where it is and the lay of the land. Do you know anything? Think about even like movies that you've seen about Jesus and the crucifixion. Buildings are made of dirt. In Jerusalem, lost stone buildings. Was it like hilly, but not? It is. Okay. So Jerusalem is actually on a mountain. It's kind of like on a where it's very sheer, and then it kind of goes down in another direction like that, and the city is up on top. It's like lots of different levels. Um, it does around it, and those come later. Those aren't necessarily there now. Because Jerusalem goes through a lot of iterations because it's been a famous city and valuable for a long time, starting with because it's on a mountain. What's that mountain's name? Oh, man. You're going to kick yourself. Mount. You sing about it a lot. Zion, though. Yes. Zion, or you also can see it spelled Zion. Zion, Sion, it's the same name, but it's just changed over time. But kind of like, did you know that um, Jesus is just the, I want to say, Aramaic version of Joshua? Like Hercules and Hercules. Yes, right. So you can see the draw, the tie there. Okay. So it's built on this, and it's famous. Do you know one of the first, I think it might be the first thing that is recorded to happen there. Remember, Jesus dies on the mountain outside Jerusalem. Yeah. On a little hill near it. Abraham took Isaac oh, up Mount Moriah, which oh, is another, yeah. they're all in this, really, or even the same one. Just a different name earlier in history. Yeah, because it was a picture of Jesus dying later. So, right, this is an important spot. I mean, it's important because a hill is really easy to defend which is mostly what we're going to talk about. What else about it is important if you want it to be your city? Walls. Walls, all right, good. What else do you need to survive a siege? Because it says Judah couldn't take it. Why? Obviously, they couldn't get in the walls. Water, okay. So. Like a well or a river, yeah. Yes, that's important, especially in this area because it's very arid or... Deserty. Some areas are desert. Some are less so. Some areas are very green, but this specific area near the Dead Sea is much more arid. So, let's turn then to Second Samuel, chapter five. Couple books 
forward in the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now, yes, this is now, David has just been made king. Like, literally just. And all of Israel gets together and anoints him. And then he has the idea, he says, hey, remember those Jebusites that are still in Jerusalem? Let's go and kick them out of that city. So let's read verse... Uh, 6 through 9 now. And they came thither into the midst of the house and through... Are you in 2 Samuel chapter 5? Oh, chapter 6. Okay. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites and the, the inhabitants of the land which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind... And the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The name is the city of David. And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites, and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David, and David built around, built round about of Milo and inward. Okay, so this is 380 years later. The Jebusites are still living in Jerusalem. Judah's been living around about them, but they still have not driven the Canaanites totally out of their area. Because this this is the part of the region that, roughly, that Judah gets to be their land. And did anyone notice what, how David said they were going to take it? Up to the gutter, uh, gutter and... Yeah, he said, whoever can get up the gutter... Or um, some other translations translate it a shaft. Is this like where? So there's, because there's different like levels, kind of like Abby was describing at the city. So apparently, and apparently they found this, that there is like a spring somewhere down here and they had cut a shaft through the stone down to the spring so that they could constantly get water. And David says, that's our way in. And he says, whichever of my men can get up there and basically let the rest of us in, you will be the captain of all my army. And Joab is the one who does it. He goes up there, gets it done, and is really... <clears throat> He is an amazing strategist, not only that, but a, just a warrior. And do you remember when, a while ago when we did David's Mighty Men? He is one of them in there. He's listed as one of the Mighty Men. So we did all this side story and to just to, um, talk about the fact that Judah had, did not wasn't able to take this, even though, right, that was... God's plan. So why? Why does it take so long? It said that uh, was stricken with age. That, that's what God said to Joshua? Yeah. Joshua. Okay. But what, why couldn't the tribe of Judah do it? Why do they need Joshua? What does it mean that they were unable to take it? I want to say it was because they, they like didn't. Let's just hold it in the back of our minds for now as we keep going. Just. Keep that question on your mind. Now, 
We're going to continue as the Israelites divide up their land, and there's going to be some more little side stories here. Um, and they're going to divide it up by lot. Do you remember talking about that before? What it means to cast lots? What's it mean, Natalia? I don't know what it means. Okay. Have you ever drawn straws before? Yes. You know what that is? Oh. It's like, or it's the shortest one you're, you're at. Sure you're okay, yeah. I mean, or it could be a good thing. Like if you get the extra piece of chocolate if you draw the short one. Yeah. You know, there yeah. can be good. We usually consider it a bad thing. But so in the Bible, they did similar things. And it's not, don't think of it as like gambling or something like that. It was a way for them to not just pick somebody, but to let God pick who it was for whatever thing. So they would do it a lot just to let, um, and to not put any blame on somebody either to be like, oh, you picked it badly. So they're doing this, they're using this method to pick out, they've already gone out and said, all right, there's this area, there's this area. Now everybody draws straws, whoever gets the short straw, this is your land. So they give it to the whoever's the leader of that tribe at the time and or all the tribes and they draw and see who gets it and um, the next group um, for that gets to choose oh wait before we get there so how many pieces does the land have to be divided into How many tribes are there? Let's, can you name them? Judah. Is that? Okay, yep. Yeah, Judah, Benjamin. But he's grouped into somebody else, right? Uh, no. Isn't there one, one tribe that, like, they didn't get, like, their own piece of land because they were working in the temple? Yes. Well, let's, let's name them all first. Levites, the Hittites. I don't know. Hittites. No, Hittites are bad. I don't know, man. They're Hittites. real, but they're bad. Hittites are Canaanites. Yep. And they died. Anyone? Any other names? Think of Joseph's brothers. Uh. This is like naming the disciples, place. right? There's one that's <laughs> In our Reuben, oh yeah, Ruben. the sandwich. I don't remember. <laughs> we got a lot more. I know we're like less than half. It's okay. I always have to look it up so I don't leave anybody out. Um, Malachi. Nope. Malachi? No. Asher. You should remember that one. There's an oh. Asher in church. Yeah, sure. Dan. That's an easy one. Dan. <laughs> Dad. Who? Gad. Oh my. <laughs> Simeon. Oh, Simeon. He's kind of famous. Um, then we get the, some more weird ones. Zebulon. Zeb. Zeb. Oh, there's no Zebulon. Maybe it's a, I don't know. King Zeb. Who knows? Naphtali. Oh yeah, let me just remember Naphtali. I've never even heard that. <laughs> really? All right. No, I've never heard. Um, oh, I've seen that, but I've never heard it said before. Oh. Uh, did I double up on some? No. Judah, Benjamin, Levi, Reuben, Asher, Dan, Gad. Dan. Okay. Issachar. Then, who am I missing? The most famous, probably. No, dude. More famous than the tribe of Judah. Uh, debatable. <laughs> Joseph. I don't know. <laughs> now, why did you not think of Joseph? Because Was Joseph, cause Joseph got to... thrown in the hole. That's why. He's no. Just kidding, I don't know. <laughs> oh, because no, that was split into two, right? Yes, his sons. His sons. Uh... Uh, Ephraim? And sure, and, and uh, the other guy. <laughs> Massa. Uh huh. Okay, so what do they call these two? Um, 
half tribes. Oh, I was about to say sub tribes, but I <laughs> They're the half tribes. Okay. So, how many pieces do they need to divide it into then? Thirteen. Are you sure? Eleven. No, wait. Is it twelve? Is it still twelve? Because one of the half tribes is the priest. Yes, the Levites, the Levites do not get any property. So these are the confusions. Everyone, now, it is true, there are 12 tribes. Yes. But there are really 13 tribes because they always divide up the half tribes. No one ever says the tribe of Joseph. Ever, 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 ever. They always say there are the 12 tribes and the half tribes. And, but there are still only 12 pieces of property because of the 13th, the Levites don't get any. So although it is true, there's only 12, but there really are 13. So I was right, I couldn't get it. <laughs> That's why I say, you can be right in many, in different ways. You know, it's a little confusing. I like to point that out. It's good because I- Just, it's good to know. You know, if you ever do Bible trivia. Yeah, right. Okay. So they gotta have twelve pieces. And um, for Levi, what they do is they have each of the tribes pick out um, ten cities that they are going to give to the Levites. And basically, they're going to do the, like, protect them. Um, maybe they do the maintenance on them, things like that, for them to live in. But they don't, the Levites do not own them. It's almost like if you are a renter, but you don't pay rent, right? That, think of it kind of like that. And that was God's plan, part of his plan. And that is in chapter 21, but we're not going to look at that. Just so you know, we're what goes on there. Um, so we're going to move on to chapter 16. And now this is where Joseph's tribe, starting with Ephraim first, gets their property. So verses 1 through part of 15 we're going to read. Is Joshua right? Yes, still in Joshua chapter 16. Verse 1. And the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho unto the water of Jericho on the east, to the wilderness that goeth up from Jericho throughout Mount Bethel. And goeth out from Bethel to Luz, and passeth along the borders of Arki to Ekaroth. And goeth down westward to the coast of Jephleti unto the coast of Beth Horon, the nether, and to Gezer, and the goings out thereof are the sea. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim mm -hmm. took their inheritance. And the border of the children of Ephraim, according to their families, was thus. Even the... Okay, skip down now to verse 10. Somebody read 10 now. And they drave out, they drave not out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer, but the Canaanites dwell among the Ephraimites unto this day, and serve under tribute. Hmm, so what's interesting about that verse? They didn't drive out the Canaanites still. Yeah. Right. And they and now they well, serve under them. You're right, what does tribute mean? Do you know what that is? I don't know. Gideon's on the right line. What are you thinking? Yeah. Think of it as old timey taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's even more interesting that they decide to make them pay them money basically so they don't get rid of them. What do you think about that? Yeah. Not what God said to do, is it? 
Okay, now it's Manasseh's turn. Go, we're going to go to chapter 17 and read 12 and 13. Yet the children of Manasseh could not drive out the inhabitants of those cities, but the Canaanites would dwell in that land. Yet it came to pass when the children of Israel were waxen strong that they put the Canaanites to tribute, but did not utterly drive them out. Hmm. All right. Um, and here is a little bit more salt on that wound. Jump down to chat, to verse 14 and read that. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, for, for as much as the Lord has blessed me their chief. Said, we didn't get enough space. We're a little cramped over here. Are you now? I'd be like, are you? You're cramped. Well. Good thing you're not believe us. We didn't get anything. I mean, they did get Let's Let's read now. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one way to think of it. We didn't get enough. Or... Maybe you didn't do what you were told to do. So let's read verse 15 to 18 and see what Joshua's response is to them. And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of Pezrites and of the giants, if thou Ephraim be too narrow for thee. And the children of Joseph said, The hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron both they who are of Beth Shean and her towns, and they who are in the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Massaseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power, though shalt not be the only lot. But the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine. And thou shalt drive out the Canaanites through, through they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Mm. So, so you have an idea. Um, this is Ephraim. Jericho here. So Ephraim gets kind of this and comes over has this area. There's another little part that we didn't talk about, but you might talk about next week, where Manasseh and I think it might be Simeon, maybe it's Reuben, have some property that they got on the other side of the Jordan. So that's a separate thing that to discuss. But they have kind of this area here. And in there, there's woods that are on like a hill and stuff that makes it so, you know, you can't just farm unless you cut down the woods. And that's kind of cutting in on their space that they can use and whatnot. And Joshua says, well, you really, you've got two options and you should do both. Why don't you just go cut down the wood and you can have the wood, which good. And then you'll have more space if you're so cramped. Said, or you could also go and drive out the Canaanites like you are supposed to do. And what do they say? In 16, they said it. They have iron chariots. Yeah. They said, well, they're really, it's really scary. It's really tough. Which it certainly was, but look at everything that they just did. Does that mean that God's going to stop the sun and the moon when they go no, try to defeat them? No, but I mean, God was with them. Right. So, like, I would say even probably not. Probably not. It just shows that he could if he needed to, God needed to. Right. And that's not the only way that God works, right? 
He does plenty of things that you don't even know happened. And a lot of times, you just have to do the work without anything that we would consider miraculous or supernatural. Have you ever seen, I don't know, God just blow a new roof in for the church? Oh, yes. It just blew right on. He could, right? Yeah, he could. But he didn't. He wants us to work. Push it up the hill. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Now, there are times when things like that happen, and you see things, wild things like that still happen a lot of times in other countries that in other nations or little tribes that have never heard the gospel or where the gospel is being actively suppressed you see miraculous things happen so God is going to work how he decides to work but that doesn't have anything to do with how hard You pump your little wagon to get up the hill, right? So, um, Joshua, why do you think Joshua was so quick with this response and handled it so perfectly? Because I bet you it cut right to their heart. They knew that that was the right thing to do. Why would Joshua be just have that wisdom? I mean, he had the had this like stuff in the consequences before not you know, not doing exactly what God wanted him to do and he has the insight that, you know, you might have says. Okay. Um really I can't think of Maybe there was, but I'm not sure of anywhere that where it's, there is something where Joshua did something wrong. I mean, like as a tribe, not necessarily. Okay, yes. So he's had led people, though, who have done the wrong thing. Does it have to do with, like, they're scared of the Canaanites? And, like, when they were taking over Jericho, like, they were scared of the people inside. But, like, they did it. So Joshua said, we have to, like, if we do what God says, he'll help. Okay, yeah, so right, so he's drawing on experience, but more than that, he remembers what God said. Because if they remembered what God said, it wouldn't be a problem. Because if you turn back to Deuteronomy, keep your finger in Joshua, Deuteronomy 20, verse 1, God seems to be talking about a very specific thing. Twenty verse one of Deuteronomy. Sure. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest forces and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Well, that seems to be specifically about this time period for them, doesn't it? And I know I sound very condescending, but because. I'm sure, I, I don't want to say I'm sure, but I could see myself doing the same thing that the Ephraimites did. But I'm saying it in that way to say, a lot of times the answer is really obvious. But we're just not looking for it. We're not paying attention. We're not in the right place. And that's a lot of times why we do have leaders like Joshua to look to, to remind us of those things. Um, So, he's basically telling them, if you want God's blessing, you have to go take it. That's your portion, and you need to go do it. And really, the sons of Joseph are becoming lazy and complainers. They came and complained about something that they should have taken care of themselves. So now, they are not the only ones because I want to, we're going to real quick flip through and look at a couple 
other spots. So the other seven tribes still need to get their land. 18, chapter 18, verse 1. Well, let's read. Well, we won't read this, but what happens is that um, they gather again at Shiloh. And let's read just verse 3. How long are ye glad to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? So, they've been putting off going and taking the land. And Joshua says, come on, let's go. Get up and go and pick your land and take it. So, then we go um, and... <clears throat> We're going to jump ahead, and I want to look in Judges. This is the first chapter of Judges. This is after Joshua has died now. And not much time has passed. There's a few things that happened. Judah and Simeon, the two tribes get together and they go fight and defeat some more Canaanites that are still remnants in the land. And then this is what, and if you guys just want to follow along, that's good. I'm going to start in verse 17. And Judah went with Simeon his brother and they slew the Canaanites and inhabited Zephthah and utterly destroyed it. And the name of the city was called Hormah. And Judah took Gaza with the coast thereof, Ashkelon with the coast thereof, and Ekron with the coast thereof. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain, but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley, because they had chariots of iron. And they gave Hebron unto Caleb, as Moses said, and expelled thence the three sons of Anak, like you learned about last week. And the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites that inhabited Jerusalem. And the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem unto this day. Right? We saw what happened later with that. And the house of Joseph, they went up against Beth, Bethel, and the Lord was with them. Um, and then we're going to jump down. That's all good stuff, right? They are continuing to work up. The hills, even though it's difficult, they're making forward progress with this. Even with Joshua gone, they're doing what they were told to do. Verse 27 now. Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bishan and her towns. Down to verse, and then... Verse... 29, neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwelt in Gezer. Verse 30, neither did Zebulon drive out. Verse 31, neither did Asher drive out. Verse 32, oh, no, 33, neither did Naphtali drive out. So you see all these other tribes that just a little note that says they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. We jump ahead a couple chapters to verse four, or chapter four, and verses one to three. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. He was a judge they had. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Cana, that reigned in Hazor, the captain whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in uh, Herosheth with the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron, and twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. So, does that seem like a consequence of not driving out the Canaanites? Did you recognize Hazor? That was that city up here by that other little lake in the mountains that that one king from long ago, not that long ago, but probably 
30 years ago that they defeated him. I um, can't remember what plains it was. But they defeated that army of the sands, as many as the sands. So there's another king from the same region that's come back. So <clears throat> why does it take them a long time to do this? Think about it. If you get a paper to write for school. It's a lot of work and you want to push it off because you don't want to do it. But then it comes down to the last second and you just have to Okay. And you do it kind of but even if you just buckled down as soon as you got the assignment and wrote the paper, is it a quick thing? Still takes a long time, right? But it's a whole lot better than putting it off. How are your results when you just start something and don't put it off? They're a lot better, right? Well, if you put it off, you wouldn't know if they were going to be a lot better, would you? You'd have to start it right away. And I'll be honest, I am, that's a, something I struggle with a lot. I've gotten better, but with procrastination, with not wanting to do something, putting it off. And I think it's just human nature to want to do that. So, what does that mean? What's that mean? What's the Bible trying to tell us? With one aspect of the story of conquering Canaan. Some tasks are going to be ongoing. Them not taking Jerusalem I don't know if that was necessarily a result of not trying. That could have been something, and it probably was, that God had the plan for David to be the one to take it. Because it's a picture. David is a picture of Jesus to come later. He's the first, their good king, somebody that is a man after his own heart. So that may have been something that God was preserving for that. But there's other ones where it's part of your job to do it. And when you don't do it, there's consequences later. Some things, like we talked about, are a one-time event. One time that God stopped the sun and the moon. That's it. Never going to happen. Well, I'm not going to say never, but we've never seen it happen again, right? At least not, not in our time in past right right so uh the last thing we're gonna look at and then we'll be done in philippians chapter four i'll read it for you you probably recognize it this is paul talking to um the church of philippi not that i speak in respect of want for i have learned in whatsoever state i am therewith to be content. I know both how to be a base and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am struck, instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So, Paul talks about being content in doing God's plan, whether he's on the hill of difficulty going up it, or whether he's resting in the house, or has the easy road down. No matter where he is in that, to be content. But the important thing is, he is always moving forward in God's plan. Always working on it. No matter what else is going on around him, to stay focused on that. Because we all have a job to do. Nobody was created to do nothing, to just sit around and enjoy. Everybody has something.
to do at all points, all stages in your life. God, that's just the way we were made. We are made after his image and we're made to be fruitful in that way. All right. Thank you, guys.